Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Welcome, everybody. This is another episode of our Wednesday night expert speaker events. And I just love these because each week I get to bring on just some amazing people that I have been um, fortunate enough to connect with in the circles that I'm in. And Rebecca is one of those amazing people. And I'm so excited to have her here with us tonight. She's going to talk about the psychology of sales, but honestly, you guys, we are talkers. That's why we're a couple of minutes late getting on because we'll just go and go and go. And we both nerd out on sales and everything sales. So you're in for a really, really, really good treat tonight. I'm sure some, some good stories and, and some fun stuff will come up. And uh, I'm just really excited, Rebecca, to welcome you here. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. I know we've had so many conversations off the record and right. goofing off and like just the energy is there and Whenever that happens, it's definitely going to be a super treat for anyone that's tuning in. Yeah, we're having fun. We're in flow. We're playful. We are, because that's one of my biggest things, I guess, with sales. And maybe we'll start there is, you know, I used to be a math teacher. And so I feel the same way about math and sales. I feel like it's one of those things that people just, they're like, oh, you know, like when I used to say, oh yeah, I'm a math teacher. People were like, oh my God, I hated math. I would always joke that like, that's the story I got all the time when people are like, Oh, what do you do? I'm a math teacher. Oh, I hated geometry. You know, they all had their thing. And it's funny because my big thing is as a math teacher is listen, you have to do it. You don't get around numbers in your life. Like you have to have a number sense. You have to know what you're doing. So let's just make it fun. Let's keep it simple. Let's learn how to do it in a way that we can enjoy since you have to do it. And so then when I started coaching on sales, I was like, Oh, it's the same thing. Let's find a way to make it fun and keep it playful and enjoy it instead of making it because as a business owner, you can't avoid it. Right. Well, and I love what you're saying too, because it's funny. It's like math and science were always my two favorite subjects. Yeah. Go figure. It depends on the teacher though, too. Like I had some great science teachers and some great math teachers, even in elementary school, but yeah, it is all about making it fun. And I think you know, for me in all of the years that I've been a coach and been in the coaching industry and done sales for 5 million plus coaching empires in the industry, I've been behind the scenes of different coaching empires like that. And I've also done obviously my own business for 10 plus years is that it really comes down to the understanding the psychology of sales. Mm -hmm. And when women understand that, they can kind of let their guard down. They feel a little more at ease. They understand what they're dealing with. And I'm sure it's similar to, you know, you can relate this to math and being a math teacher and so on. It's like when you understand that there's a formula, it makes it so much more easy. Right. Right. And under, I think that's the biggest thing is it, because as a math teacher, I would get mad when kids were like, what's the formula? And I'm like, well, I want you to understand why the formula works, because if you don't understand why it works, it's not going to work for you. And so if if that was the case, you wouldn't need me. I would just give you a list of all the formulas that you need and you would go do it. Mm -hmm. But that's not how this works. And so I agree with you. I think having that peace of mind to know there's a system to it, there's a formula to it, but you have to be so connected to why the formula works. Because as I'm sure you've seen in your 10 plus years of doing this, there are people who show up and they want the magic pill. They want yeah. the formula. They pay you the money and they show up on the first session and say, how'd you do it? And I mean, it's not magic that but they basically, yeah, they're like, how'd you do it? And everybody just wants that answer as if like, oh, we're all just holding out on this one little piece. And if we just give you that one little piece, your whole world's going to change. You, you need to know and stay connected to why the formula works and really be in what you're doing versus just going through the motions of doing it. Totally. Well, I mean, this is really the piece. Like when people understand this component, mm-hmm. it 
is a game changer. It's 100% a game changer because when you understand the psychology of sales, what you're actually tuning into and connecting with is the intention behind Mm -hmm. it. And people, I think this is what's so repelling for women, especially because we are by nature nurturers Mm -hmm. and we want to help and we want to serve and we want to connect and we want to expand and create and make things, you know, multiply and, and be positive and amazing. You know, that's what we do, right? Like our bodies are made for creating a baby for crying, like the most miraculous thing on the face of the planet. I have two sons, so I can totally vouch for that. But that same energy can be harnessed in your business. And what we're trying to do is this more masculine thing where it's like, if I just shove something down your throat enough times, then maybe you'll get it. And maybe you'll get annoyed enough to just be like, yeah, get off my back. But the thing about that is that we have far outgrown that approach and that technique. I mean, there's nothing that could possibly work in that capacity today. And so I'm excited to dive in with you to really uncover what the true meaning of sales is. And when people understand what the true meaning of sales is, and they understand their own psychology, which is actually easier than it sounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have a background and I have credentials and degrees in psychology and psychotherapy and stuff like that. But it is you don't need all of that to be able to understand this in a way that it can help you really be successful. And then when you understand that the other person that you're having a conversation with also has their own psychology going on, that that's actually where you're meeting when you're having a conversation. Yeah, that makes sense. You're meeting them where they're at. I think that's a big piece of what I work with my clients on with discovery calls not getting nervous before it, just understanding you're just meeting them where they're at and they want to feel seen and heard. Totally. Nothing you need to show up with on a call that's outside of you just showing up as you and holding that space for them to share with you where their struggles are and meeting them where they are. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's the meeting them where they are. And then there's also like what I would say, maybe like the next level, which is like, not allowing them to stay where they are because ultimately they've come into a conversation with you to step out of where they're actually at. But yes, you have to meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. So for me, the thing that I teach in my modern day sales methodology is that they have to, so you come on the call or you come on the, the session with someone, whether it's in person or on a Zoom call like this, for example, and you're finding out What's going on for them? Like, where are they really struggling? And what has happened for me, and I have had thousands and thousands of sales calls over the years in the coaching industry from, you know, any vocation, location, education. At the end of the day, everyone is still dealing with the same basic psychology and emotions and I don't feel good enough. Or the bottom line is they're coming and connecting with you because they have a problem and they feel like you have a solution to that problem. Right. And so when you meet them there and you express to them an authentic, I really want to connect with you again, it's not about the sale. To me, the sale is a bonus, Mm -hmm. you know, them choosing to invest in your products or services is a bonus. But if you're meeting them there and you're saying, you know, our goal here is to get to the truth of what's really going on for you. That is a sacred space Mm -hmm. because I have had people, I've had actually way more people than I ever imagined say to me, Rebecca, I'm telling you something I've never told my wife or my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm sharing something with you that I've really not even, it hasn't even come to the surface until this specific conversation. Mm -hmm. That to me is truly such a sacred thing. And it's such a beautiful thing. And it's a gift. And when you're coming from the three things that drive my business are authenticity, honesty, and integrity. And that's just who I am as a woman, as a human being, that's how I was created. But when you come from that place where you're genuinely looking to connect with another human being from a human being to a human being perspective, you know, the sale is the bonus, right? It's giving value and being of service as the number one. Then if you're helping them to get to the truth and saying, what's really going on here and letting them know, and this is more of a coaching technique, but letting them know that to get to the truth, it might be painful. It might be something that you've never pulled back the curtain on. And 
you know, I'm here to support you in that, whether we decide that this is going to end up ultimately being a fit for us to work with one another or not. But my ultimate job here is to be of service. And I think one of the critical coaching techniques that a lot of people are really not taught, which is sad to me because it causes what I call, it's a pretty aggressive terminology, but I call it psychological molestation or Mm -hmm. spiritual molestation. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when you do not ask someone for permission. I'm having a perception on something, or I'm seeing something that you might not be seeing. Are you available for some feedback? Mm -hmm. Literally asking them for permission. Because as experts, we can sometimes see the, the painful thing that is just literally like a glaring, throbbing boil on the skin and they're oblivious to it. it. They're yeah. totally missing it. And if you don't ask for permission, it's like you literally have just lanced the boil and it's wide open and it's woundology. And very few people know how to, because they don't have a background like I do and like other psychological and psychotherapy experts, they don't know how to close. And I've actually personally had this happen to me, so I know it firsthand. But When your true intention is to help that person get to the truth, and the truth is ugly, let's just face it, like not a lot of people take a real look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what, at the end of the day, what the real problem is, is that I'm betraying myself, Mm -hmm. or what the real problem is, is that I'm lying to myself, because ultimately the core foundations of why things aren't working for people, they're pretty simple. They're pretty simple, and it does a lot of times come down to self-abandonment, self-betrayal, you know, those sorts of things. So for me, that's the first part of really teaching people how to be authentic salespeople from a place of integrity. And then of course we get to the potential objections, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love talking about objections. Yes. Yeah. I think that's great. I think I love what you said. That's one of my favorite questions. I use that one all the time. Are you available for some feedback? Mm-hmm. And it's so simple. They don't see, you know, I like to say when you're in the frame, you can't see the picture. They don't see it because they're in it. Yes. And it is our job to make those observations and ask permission for offering feedback. If they don't want it, that's fine. But I also think, you know, if it's a sales call, if it's a coaching call, it's one thing. I still, it, it's always important to, to ask, like, are you available for feedback on this? You know, because sometimes they just want to talk. They just want to get it out. Other times they might not realize that they do want some feedback on it. But I think also showing them how much you care is one of the things that you're doing by doing that. They're trusting you because you're, you're proving that you're listening. You're proving that you care enough to reflect something back to them that maybe they hadn't heard. And like you said, the truth is hard. The truth is ugly. Nobody really wants to admit, okay, I'm the one that's failing myself here. And it doesn't have to be that extreme, like I'm fit, but they aren't seeing themselves and how they're standing in their own way. And you're reflecting that back to them by asking to share feedback on what you're hearing. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because it's not like you're going to say to somebody, so by the way, you're betraying yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the, the, the next step of really effective coaching, and again, these are coaching techniques, not sales techniques, but in my opinion, like sales coaching yeah. is basically like coaching and it's, a, it's another arm of the coaching industry. Yeah. You know, it would be more like, you know, have you ever felt like maybe you might be betraying yourself? Does that ring true for you? Because ultimately- where the true power lies in this conversation is you giving that person back their power. And most people are coming to you because they feel disempowered for some reason. Yep. When you say, you know, when you're asking, you're doing inquiry, but you're letting them decide what the truth for them is, mm-hmm. that is where the real power is, is yeah. to help them uncover the truth, not to be like, here's the mirror. You're an idiot. You've been doing this. And that's why you're 400 pounds overweight or, you know, whatever it is. And, um, that's not effective and it's not, it's, it's more damaging than it is healing. And really, I believe that the sales process can facilitate healing for people, whether they end up signing up with you or not. And that's the beautiful thing. And that's why I love it so much. Yeah. I love that. I like to say selling is serving because it is, you know, we're, we're offering something that, and, and, you know, the other thing I had this realization a couple of years ago with the coaching, just, I, I don't want to say like the coaching industry, but just coaching in general on, on what it is. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what problem you're actually solving. What we're all offering is empowerment and accountability. 
Now I know that's, it's not quite as simple as that, but it kind of is. It's like Mm -hmm. whatever problem you're solving, people want to feel empowered in that area of their life. And they want to be held accountable for making the progress that they're looking to make. And I don't care if you're a plant-based coach, if you're a migraine coach, if you're a business coach, if you're, it's like, it's really, like you said, most people are abandoning, abandoning themselves in some way. And that's wherein the problem lies that they're having, that they're stuck in and us showing them how to empower themselves and really take their power back in these areas and hold them accountable to doing that, I think is the most powerful thing we can do. Totally. And I think the educational piece, I mean, I know how you work with people who are more in the the health industry and so on. Like there are so many people who literally just don't even have the basic knowledge to understand that, like, for example, high fructose corn syrup literally blocks the message that your gut sends to your brain to say that you're full. Something as simplistic as that to someone else can be a complete and total revelation. Right. Yeah. And I think you know, those nuanced like areas that we're able to exist in because that is our specialty is really important. And that's what they're coming to us for. That's why we're the experts. You know, like I have clients sometimes who are like, you know, I want to give all this information to my clients. I'm like, they don't want you to give them information. They can Google that. Yep. They are paying for you and your time and your expertise, but they really aren't even going to show up and expect you to give that. They want to show up and have you hold the space for them to show up with what's going on in their life. They're paying for the transformation. Paying for the transformation, you know? And I was, yeah, I was working with a client earlier today and she was like, well, I want to have a structure of first session, we'll do vitamins and second session, we'll do, you know, and she was going through it. And I said, listen, that's beautiful because you're coming from a place of wanting to serve from all this information that you know is helpful. But when you get your first client, Lauren, She's not going to come on and be like, okay, session two, tell me about supplements. She's going to be like, listen, I'm trying to go plant-based. My husband pulled out all the real burgers for the barbecue that we're having and he <laughs> cooked the real ones. And Lauren's going to be stuck in that world. And she needs you to support her through that, not show up with, with more stuff, you yeah. know, like, and again, the information is important. It's how we establish ourselves as the leader and as the expert, but these people are paying us because they want to talk about themselves and they want us to help them see things they're not seeing and get them through to the transformation. Totally. And what my personal experience when I've worked with people like that in my own business has been that, that, that it's almost like a security blanket. It's like, I have step one, step two, step through, and I'm taking you through these modules in this order, then I can be successful versus you actually trusting yourself as the expert in your industry. Yep. So I know that's a little bit of a velvet boot with lots of love and some you know, that. genuine Rebecca Satori coaching right there, but I love the velvet. I, to, I, 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 I can't, I can't walk away and not say it. <laughs> That's so good. No. And it's so true. And I, I mean, you're right. It's a security blanket. And I told her, and I've told my other clients, listen, I did that. I, I get why you're doing it. When I first graduated and I was fresh out of school and I was like, I'm a certified health coach. I did the same thing. I was like, I have this 12 week program and on week yep. one, we do this and we And I never once went through that with anybody because I found out very early on, that's not what they want. Right. They want to talk about it. It's okay if that's where you're at. Like in the coaching industry, if you are brand new, like, you know, I used to work with this one coach and she literally was saying that she would be thinking of the next question she was going to be asking and wasn't even listening to the client's answer, which is an absolute disservice to the client. Period. And you know what? It's how people operate. It's not even like she was a less effective coach than I was. She was a less experienced coach than I was. It was just literally how her personal brain works. So I, you know, I think the worst thing that anyone can do is make themselves wrong. You know, life is not about you just show up and it's graceful and it's eloquent and so on. I mean, that's one of the things that I teach in my personal modern day sales methodology is that sales mastery is really about self mastery, communication mastery, and connection mastery that it's not, it's, it's the, it's that simple. It literally is that simple. And the, the reason why I say sales mastery is self mastery is because the more that you get to understand yourself, you're understanding human psychology even better, and you can have more compassion and more empathy. The more that you master yourself, you are loving yourself more. You're having more grace with yourself, and the more you're able to have grace and love other people, and that's really what this whole process is about. Yeah, I could not agree more. I think, you know, you 
what came up for me when you were saying that was just be in it and don't worry about the fact that you're at the beginning. Like you said, that's a beginning coach thing that, that we all do as beginning coaches. I've got to have this structure in this system to what I'm offering in my package. And it is a security blanket, but it's also because we're measuring ourselves up against somebody else who's doing it. And we see, but we don't know what's going on with them. We don't know the context of why they're doing what they're doing, but we're so busy worrying about why we're not where we want to be instead of just appreciating where we are. And like, I think it was Brene Brown that said um, SFD it may have been Brene Brown or Liz Gilbert. One of them says SFD for everything she does for the first time. Shitty first draft. She's like, just be okay with it being a shitty first draft and approach it that way. And, you know, if you want to have a rigid structure to your program and you take on your first client and it doesn't, then, oh, well, you'll be fine. Like take them through the program, be flexible with it, figure it out. But I think not holding ourselves up to this rigid structure of things needing to be perfect or they need to flow. Or like you said, it's got to, we're going to show up and it's all going to make sense and be in harmony. And nope, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be messy. But if you can figure out how to enjoy it while you're going through it, you're always going to enjoy it every stage that you're at. And you're not going to be worried about where you're not. You're going to be grateful totally. for where you are. And there's no arriving either. You know, right. it's interesting because I'm kind of experimenting with a different content creation strategy right now, uh-huh. um, just based upon my own evolution. Like if you're truly evolving and transforming as a human being and as someone in the entrepreneurial space, then what worked for you a year ago shouldn't work for work. you today. Yep. And so, you know, today it kind of felt a little wonky to me. Like I was like, all right, I'm getting out my marker and I'm getting out my paper and I'm writing, here's the step number one, step number two. And it really felt weird, but mm-hmm. I decided to go ahead and do it and put it out there and be visible. And you know what? If I don't care, like that's raw Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I decided, and I was also saying this to a client earlier. I said, I've never done a challenge, but I'm doing one in two weeks. And I said, watch while I get, and I'm telling everybody this, everybody's watching. I've never done a challenge. You know what? You should be a part of my challenge just to see what a shitty first draft looks like. And I'm not saying it's because it's going to be, it's going to be awesome you have your draft. own challenge. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to have a challenge within a challenge. I'm super excited about it. And I just said, I'm going to stay in this playful, fun energy. I can't wait for it. Yeah. I'm super excited to see because no matter what, whether the email goes out at the right time or the link gets given, like whether that happens or not, I'm going to have women that are excited about being a part of this challenge that are going to be impacting the world from the activity and the momentum we build from oh. being. And if an email goes out at the wrong time or it says the wrong thing, like, you know what? I'm going to laugh. And hundred percent, it could it'd probably feel better if it all went perfectly, but I don't even know what perfect is. And so, you know, I just said, watch while I go through this challenge. We'll see what it could. I'm excited. Yeah. I have an amazing VA that was up for the challenge when I said, I want to do one. She said, awesome, let's do it. Awesome. And I feel supported, but either way, I'm going to approach it as Let's see how it goes. I'm sure we'll have to tweak it. I'm sure we'll have to like recreate some things that, you know, feel better, work better, but I let's just go for it. But we're, we're really living in an energetic era. And I think that this isn't really talked about a lot. I mean, I talk a lot about in what I coach and teach on about energetic frequency and where you're at. That's what people are attracted to. So it's not about the perfection and anyone who's looking at anyone's stuff online or even watching us right here right now and thinking like, oh, Rebecca's been in the coaching industry for 10 plus years and she's been behind five plus million dollar businesses and seen it all and traveled the globe and all this other stuff. Like I just shared with you that I was like, you know, stumbling over my own content creation, new strategy today. Like that's part of entrepreneurship. And I personally, I'm not interested in following people or working with people who aren't authentic and transparent and coming from a place of honesty and integrity. And like, there is no arrival point, you know, there really isn't. Like, I think I shared with you one of the companies that I helped get them to multiple million dollars and I sold 1.2 million for their company in the first nine months that I was with them that like, I actually said to the husband of the husband and wife team, I was like, you know, so now that you've gotten to like this two point, whatever million dollar mark, like things are good, right? Like you don't have to read any more personal development books. This is like five or six years ago, but yeah. And he looked at me and he was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) He's like, there is more work that I, I have more books that I'm reading now. He's like, I just ordered a whole bunch of new books for me to read. And so that's the key is that, you know, I think there's an old saying like with more 
with more success comes more responsibility or something like that. Yep. And um, it's true. It's it true. Is. Like when you but are making standing. more money, there's more yeah. to like, you, you've got CPAs, you've got financial planner. At least I hope that you do if you're at that level. I know I do. But yeah, um, you know, I think that's really the key is for people to just remember that this is a journey. And I think when I very first started on my own spiritual and personal, well, personal development started for me in middle school. I was reading like Getting the Love You Want in high school and so on. I, but, was, um, I read The Road Less Traveled in middle school. I did not I know at that time that that was my cheese. Like, right. Crazy stuff. I didn't know that that was going to be my thing in life. But yeah, I, I know. I, I just I, like in my early 30s, I, I, I think I had this like concept that like, oh, you know, now like I'm, I'm investing in mentorship and I'm doing this and so on and so on. And, you know, here I am 14 years later. And it's like, I just thought that like, oh, you went through that and then you were done. Like the universe did not deliver any more challenging things or, you know, there were no more layers to the onion and it like couldn't be. You were there. You got there. Right, Rebecca? There's that that ambiguous there that we all talk about. When I get there. I get it. I'm still digging a deep hole in the sand at this point. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny that you say it like that too, because I did the same thing. I was like, yeah, okay. I do need to invest in a coach and it's a six month program. So I'm going to get everything I can get out of these six right? months and I'm going to take out and I'm going to be done. done. I'm going to do my business and everything's going to be fine. And I hope I never stop investing in myself. You I are. hope I, yeah. I mean, at this point it's like, and, and we're speaking to a bunch of health coaches, so I'm sure they'll understand this analogy. It's like when I first went plant-based and I felt the way I did, and I was walking all the time for my exercise and like life, my lifestyle just improved in terms of quality, but it became easier and simpler for me to do it. And I was like, wow, I hope I never stop walking. I hope I never stop eating plant-based. And you know what? I haven't because it's, it feels so freaking good. So, and I know how much it's helped me live a life that feels so much better about my time and my experience here. And I think it's the same thing. Once you discover what actually personal development is and what it does for you, like you said, that when you're an entrepreneur, it is just a journey of self-development. It is just a journey of you breaking yourself wide open. And that never stops because when you expand, you're going to keep expanding. You're going to keep growing. You're going to keep. And and so we're always growing. We're always changing. And I was the same way. I was like six months in and then I'm going to get out and then I'm going to figure it out. And now I'm like, what book can I read now? What book can I read? What, what, what other coaching program can I invest in? Like, because I understand how much it's given me and how far it has taken me because I was willing to make those big, scary leaps to do that. And I can't imagine my life without it. Yeah. I think that's really the beautiful thing that I have always had such a heart for in the coaching industry. Like when I first started doing this, like I was, you know, I had my own insecurities and I remember probably like four or five months in and I had this call with my coach. It was funny because we were at the Outer Banks in North Carolina. I couldn't get a signal. I was like in the vehicle. There was no air conditioning. I didn't bring the keys out with me. I'm like sweating bullets. And I have this revelation and I'm like, holy crap, Shelly, I've been doing this my whole life. I just never have been getting paid for it. (laughs) But I think that's the beautiful thing about, like we were wired for evolution. So naturally there's going to be lifelong transformation. So you might as well just embrace it now. And the the beautiful thing about that for everyone that's watching that is in the health coaching industry is that Health is constantly evolving. I mean, look at what's going on right now. Like now more than ever, people are needing this kind of support. The point is, is that you have the highest level of job security out there, period. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is no matter what, there are like part of what the human existence is about is about solving problems. Like there are always going to be challenges for us and problems to solve. And there are always going to be people who are willing to pay to get rid of their problems. And there's always, I mean, the health issues we have now, I mean, even if you took COVID out of it Mm. are completely different than what they were 10 years ago. And the problem you, here's one of my big things with my clients. The problem you're solving right now is not a tattoo on your face. And it may not be the problem you're solving in five years. Let's hope it's not. And if it is great, cool. You want to keep doing it. Awesome. I would put a lot of money on it. It's probably not going to be the same thing you're solving because you're growing, you're changing, you're expanding. And as you expand what you're able to offer and who you want to serve will also change. You know, it's like when I was a teacher, I use a a lot of analogies for who I am as a coach 
because it makes so much sense from who I was as a teacher. And my first couple of years, I taught pre-algebra. I taught basic geometry. I taught, and I got so bored of those after like two or three years that I was like, okay, what else I need to like jump up to a higher level math because Mm -hmm. I was past that, but that was kind of my beginning stage. That's where I felt comfortable. And we do the same thing in our coaching. It's like, maybe you serve somebody with this problem right now, and you may always be able to help them with that, but you're going to grow and expand in what you're able to offer because you grow and expand. Mm-hmm. Very you know? much so. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think is so poignant about the methodology that I have taught. And, you know, it's evolved out of obviously having been behind the scenes of many different multi seven figure coaching icons in the industry, as well as my own successful coaching company. But it's really like the first step is like to get to the truth, Mm -hmm. you know, to get to the truth of what's working and what's not working. And again, it's not just like, I got to know if my thing is a fit for you kind of thing. But the the one thing that I want to touch on as far as the psychology of sales goes, because this is something that really no one's talking about. And I think I shared with you, like I had a next level revelation with this. And this is a perfect example of what we're talking about here, which is like, here I am 10 plus years into this. And when I was teaching my, my sales mastery mastermind group a couple of weeks ago, we just in organic coaching and conversation, this came up and it was like, holy moly, this is a big deal. Like, so once you help the person get to the truth of what's really going on for them and where they really want to be. And you're basically looking at and helping them to get to the truth of, you know, what is it costing them to stay where they're at? Because people are procrastinators by nature. They're self-saboteurs by nature. So it's really helpful for you to paint this out as to how much it's costing them. What is it costing you to stay where you are in the problem? And what is it worth to you to get to the solution? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the magic sauce in the sales conversation. Again, not to try and make something fit when it doesn't fit. Right. But if it does fit, then this is really the magic sauce for them to be like, thank goodness our paths have crossed. But at that point, that's when you get to a yes or a no, right? Where they're like, would you like to hear in all the years that I've done this? And listen, if you're doing a sales call, right, that person is going to ask you. And the, and the majority of the time that I've been doing this, I've had a very small percentage of people that I've had to actually say, would you like to hear about how I work with people? Most of the time they're already ready and eager asking me. So that is a good silent indicator that things are going well and, and being effective in the way that you're working with people through that sales conversation. But the next point is to, this is where people jump over the bridge, Okay. And they get right into the objections and then they try and handle them. And they're sometimes they're handling, handling them in an ineffective way or sloppy or whatever. You know, I'm not interested in any of the objection stuff until you, and I work primarily with women. So I will say this until you as a woman have made a decision for yourself. And so what I will say for, with people is like, They'll ask, well, how is it that you work with people? Or they might, you know, I might be doing a Facebook live like this in my own group. And I might be sharing like right now, the doors to my sales mastery mastermind program are open. So I've been sharing that in my group. And so people might PM me and they might already know about the offering. And so if that's the case, then they already know. And I can share that with them. But they might be like, well, you know what, Rebecca, it just, it's not the right time. Or recently I had someone join and she was sharing that she's in a couple of other programs. Well, the most important thing or or typically money time. And I need to check with my husband are the top three in all of the thousands and thousands and thousands of sales calls that I've done over the years. And the real question is, is what is the decision that you have made for yourself? If X were not an issue, would this be a yes for you? Because there's no point in carrying on the conversation if this person isn't in an, at least in a small place of empowerment to say, yes, this is a yes for me, or no, this is a no for me kind of thing. As women now more than ever, we need to make our yeses be yes and our nos be no. And we also need to take a stand for the and if it's yes and yes to this too. Like for example, the the woman that just signed up with me, she's in two other programs and then my sales mastery program became a yes as well. And quite frankly, people who are making six, high six figures and seven figures, they are 
in maybe a maximum of four mastermind groups, high level mastermind groups that they're paying anywhere between 25,000 and 100,000 a year for. That is what I have seen in my back end of working with these kinds of that level of entrepreneur and coaches in the coaching industry, just as a side note. But anyways, my point is, is that you see that they're in a lot of them or a couple of them. Totally. And they, they're in and out. Like one of my good girlfriends, like she's in a super high level mastermind. And, um, someone asked the other day in one of her programs, do you stay on the whole two hour call when your coach is blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, I go in, I do like, thank you. And I even talk about it. But anyway, so my point is, is that the next step then is then you can deal with the objection handling because the objection handling is also about getting to the truth. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients, and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, Watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay, now back to the show. Yep. I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with people. For one example, very early on in my coaching career, I had a woman tell me, you know, I don't have the money for that. Now she ended up signing up with me later on, but I will tell you that the very next week she and her family went on a cruise and she bought a brand new TV and you can't go being all like, look how fantastic I am on social media these days and like not have people see that. Like, well, it, just be honest with yourself. Are, yeah, yeah, be honest. Being honest. You want the TV more than you want the transformation and that's okay. Totally. Just be in but reality I, with it. But I think the key for people to understand here too is that you know, women tend to personalize things and they think it's, oh, I've been rejected or my program wasn't the thing that they wanted. And now they went and bought this TV or they like, that's their thing. Not about you. Not about you. Not about you whatsoever. But while we're going down this pathway of objections, it's really about getting to the truth again. Is it really true that you don't have the money? Is it really true that this is not the right time or timing for you? Is it really true that your husband is probably going to say no to this? And P.S., if you are a woman in business and you do not have your own freaking money, that is your number one goal right now here today. Number one, make your own money and spend (laughs) it as you please because it's yours. Yes. Quit asking your freaking husband for permission with all due respect to your marriage and your relationship. That does not have to be something that is a part of your marriage or your relationship. Go I understand having a respectful conversation, but the energy from which you come, and honestly, this is the number one thing that I did a two hour sales workshop on the husband question. Ooh, I'm going to put wow. it in the nutshell. I That's why that you have to get to your decision ahead of time, because I'm just going to make it quick. Men are wired to provide and to protect. So when you as a woman have not made a decision and you go to your husband with your desire to AKA join X program or hire Nicole as your coach, for example, your husband picks up on the energy that you have not made a full on and embodied that I am doing this no matter what. I am the authority of my own decision-making process and it is running through me like electricity. Yep. Then what happens is, is your husband, and this is where a husband and wife get into, or what, it doesn't matter. I always tell, about partnership, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just using husband and wife as an example. Yeah. yeah. This is where they end up getting into a fight, which is really fascinating to me because when the woman understands from where the man is coming or from where their partner is coming, it's actually from a place of love. Because men have been wired. And again, I don't care if you have two women in a relationship, two men in a relationship. There's always a masculine and a feminine in a relationship, period, end of story. 
Don't argue with me. I've done a lot of research. (laughs) So my point is, is that that partner, that person who's in the masculine energy, like in our example here, it's the husband. They are wired to provide and to protect, which is such a beautiful, incredible thing that should be honored by the feminine. Okay. And they are trying to protect you from your own desire and you get mad at them. But actually what's happened is you did not fully embody that. You brought it on. Hold on. This is what I'm doing. Come hell or high water. And you're taking a stand for your own desires. And then you think that he's the bad guy because he's telling you no, or we don't have the money for it or whatever. And in actuality, he's trying to protect and honor you. Yep. Which is out. He he picked up on your energy. He yeah. picked up on the energy that you approached him with. And, and I've seen women do this too, where like they still want to hide and play small. So they use that as their excuse. Yes, they do. They use their husband as their excuse to allow them to play small and not get uncomfortable. They're like, well, my husband said we don't have the, oh, really? Obviously I don't respond like that on the call, but like, right. <laughs> okay, at what point are you responsible for advocating for your own dreams? And if you really wanted to make this happen, you, you know, it's like when you were a little kid and you wanted something from your parents, you figured out how to like position yourself to make that happen, how to sell it to them. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with your husband or your partner, whoever it is. If you really want it, you'll figure out a way to have a conversation with them that positions it in a way that you know that they'll be on board and support you. And, and it, if they're not on board that you're still proceeding with what it is that you desire because that's because they're not your dad and you don't have to ask permission. Like, Amen. again, yeah. I mean, I feel like I get a little bit passionate about that because I do feel like the relationship is one thing, but you feeling like you always need to ask permission to live your life the way that you want to live it is a totally different dynamic. And I don't think that that should stand in the way of your dreams. And like you said, be a woman in business that makes her own money so that that's not even the issue. So you spend yeah. it how you want. Yeah. And it's also part of the transformation that they're seeking. They just don't know it. Exactly. That's so the it's where you have to be very, very gentle in this, in this capacity again, this is, this is probably even more of an area where you're being more ginger with things where it's like, this is where the background in psychotherapy and psychology comes in so well, because it's like, I can pick, and I'm also extremely intuitive if anyone hasn't already been able to tell, but I can pick up like this person is not available for this and it's not going to be of service to them. And then there's other people where I can really Again, this is why I call it sales mastery is relationship mastery. Like I had a client one time who, who sought me out, wanted to work with me. And then when it came time to do the payment situation, she was like, well, I want to think about it. And I had known her. So there was that, again, this is where you have to assess the relationship. And I said, Frankie, no, you don't. You need to go get your freaking credit card and give me your credit card and pay for the coaching package you just asked for. It was one of the shortest sales. I love that. And she went and did it. She totally did because she knew it was her own BS and she admitted it. She's like, thank you for calling me out because, you know, when we do these little teeny things to kind of delay what it is that we're really desiring or self-sabotage what it is, it's a game that you play. I've done this before. I think, I don't remember if it was you that I was talking to about this or not, but there was this turquoise necklace that I found in Santa Monica years ago. And believe it or not, I actually had the earrings that matched this from a totally different jeweler on the East coast in my wallet with me in the jewelry store. And I was with one of my coaches at the time because she lived in Santa Monica and I left there. And I think it was like only like $140. I mean, I had the money. It was like not even a big deal. The stupid games that we play with ourselves. And we walked out of there and I was like, I wonder if the girl will negotiate with me and blah, 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 blah. And my coach is speaking of holding spaces. Like Andrea is just sitting there, like listening to me through this whole stupid thing. And then I was just knock you over the head. I was like, that part of Rebecca died in Santa Monica. I'm like, no more. And I went back into the jewelry store and I bought the freaking necklace. I love and cherish it today. I have since gone on to like, I found a matching ring in Arizona. Like it just, it, there's a story behind this necklace. I love it. And I pull the earrings out and the girls all in the jewelry store. They're like, oh my God, this is like serendipitous. It was meant to be. And 
But well, and it's a yeah. fun story to tell. And it's probably a really fun lesson for you to remember every time you think about the necklace. Oh, like no that's way. the last time I deny myself of something that I really with yourself. Life. Yep. yep. Stop yep. being cheap with yourself. Women are famous for this. And it is far beyond time for us to overcome that. But the key piece I want to add here from the sales mastery group that I uncovered recently was when you're having this conversation about objections, because, you know, look, it's, it's all great and fantastic when the person, you get help them get to the truth, you help them understand what it's costing them, you help them understand what it's worth to them to have that transformation. And they're like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. Here's my bank card or what, what, where's the link? Or I actually had someone recently, she went and found my sales mastery. Like, I don't even know how she found it. And she like paid before, like, I'm like, okay, I just got a notification that I got a payment. Like, what's going on here? Right, right. Where'd she like, come that from? Was cool. But I would say, like, more of the calls that you're having. And it's also for your transformation, too. So celebrate the people who want to go through the next step, which is the objection step. And, you know, help them get to the truth of their objection. But one thing that I uncovered recently when I was coaching my sales mastery group was this. Who are you having the objection conversation with? Mm. And that just literally blew the roof off of a new perspective on sales. Because here's the thing, you might be having the conversation with higher self Jane of, you know, Jane is all about like, yes, Rebecca, or yes, Nicole, like I want to get to the truth and I want to know what it's costing me and I want to know what it's worth to me. But when you get to the objections, more than likely, Jane is going to go into her wounded self yep, or her little girl. Yep. And now that's why it is harder to close sales. So my close rate is generally like 80%, which is pretty much unheard of. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that's why and I didn't really understand that for, for such a long time until I was coaching one of my clients on this. And then it had me really understand like, holy crap, this is a whole new level of teaching that I need to provide for the people going through the sales mastery program. Because if you don't really have the ability to tune in and know, oh, 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 hold on a minute here. All of a sudden, Jane's not in her higher self anymore. <laughs> Jane now right moved into her. her lower self because she got triggered. Yep. yep. And when women go to invest in themselves, they get triggered. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that I am not immune to this, okay? I'm not. Like, I'm just going to be completely transparent. There are still certain purchases. And if anyone, even at a high level of coaching, even somebody who's making $5 million, if there are purchases that are not triggering them, then they are not evolving as fast as they should be. Right. That simple. You need it to trigger you. I, I always say, I owe it to you as my client to charge you an amount that you are uncomfortable with. It is how you, it's not just about having skin in the game. That is a big part of it. Totally. But the minute that you make that investment, you, you begin your transformation. You have your first shift. You have your first up level because you just gave a big hell yes to the universe. I believe in myself this much to this degree to pay an amount that feels really uncomfortable because if it is just comfortable enough for you to pay, you're not going to show up in the same way. You're not going to show up with the same. End. You might be like, yeah, but I'm going to show up for all the, all the sessions. Oh, okay. Let's go through the motions and show up for the set. No, you're going to show up energetically in a space that feels so different. And mm-hmm. so, like you said, it, it doesn't matter if you're already making $5 million a year in your business, you are still going to be triggered by certain, and certain investments. And you should be because at each level, there's an opportunity one of my coaches was saying yesterday, and it just made so much sense for me. She, she does make millions of dollars, but she was like, I'm going through something right now at the stage I'm at in my business in the same way that you are right now in your business. It's just at a different level, but it's the exact same feeling. It's the exact same kind of challenge. I have the same feeling as you do. I have the nerves. I have the trigger. I have the, oh my gosh, is this? So we're all going through it. It's just at a different level because we've had some experience, but having experience doesn't mean you're not going to be triggered again by some kind of like investment or some decision you need to make. So I appreciate you saying that because I think that's, I think us being real and normal and approachable and human is one of the best selling points of being a coach because we are somebody that they can see themselves in. 
because we're just totally. beings. We're not like, oh, I've got it all figured out. My money mindset is perfect and intact and any investment <laughs> you put in front of me, I make it and I'm good with it. Like, I actually want to be really uncomfortable with my investments. Yeah. Because when Absolutely. we're cheap with ourselves and we do the small investments, we don't show up. We do, I mean, how many free things do we have sitting around that we haven't done? And like, you just don't, exactly. It's like, I've got a whole freaking inbox full of them. And it, to me, it's like, I know when I get uncomfortable that I show up. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, just to, I have the perfect story experience to share with you on that note, because I think people learn so well through stories, but this literally happened to me in year two of being in the coaching industry. And I had kind of like gotten burnt a little bit by a coach. And then it was kind of the first time that I had a significant amount of money in the coaching from my coaching business in my banking account. And I invested in a VIP day with a coach that was local. So I was driving to the hotel to meet her and I literally had to pull over on the side of the road and I started bawling my eyes out before I even got to the VIP intensive at the hotel. And I was like, Oh my God, I have never invested in myself at this level before in my whole life. And so like for me, that was worth way more than the money I paid for the whole day that I didn't even have yet because I, up, like you were saying, I up leveled in valuing myself at that stature. To that degree. At that, yeah. And that was such, literally, it was so transforming. But I want to go back for a second to just saying like about the objection handling stuff. So like really understanding that this could have triggered your person and you're thinking like, man, I'm having a conversation with Jane. She's empowered. She's ready to invest in her business. She's operating from her higher self. And all of a sudden we go over here and money is a very triggering conversation. And it sometimes can show up with people being like, it's a timing thing or it's a this thing because there are layers of objections. So when someone says I'm involved in multiple programs and they aren't saying that it's a money thing, but then when they're, when, when you overcome that objection and they're a yes, then days later they're like, Oh, I need to make a sale first. And then you've got a a different layer of an objection. So I just want to like put that out there because it was so revelatory for me to have this conversation with my sales mastery people and uncover this. And that's the thing that I love about coaching is like you uncover new layers and levels. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's not just the objections. It's who you're having the, who has the objection? Is it really the higher self person? Is it really that, you know, and it could be, and is it really, like one of the coaching companies that I used to do sales for, I created a document with responses from that coach because mm-hmm. every coach has a different kind of energy and response and everything right. that the sales team could literally go through and hit command F. So it was like too many programs. Here's the response. Not enough money. Here's David's response. Like that kind of thing. Wow. Um, but I cre- it was literally like a hundred and some page document that I created just from notes of like, observing his behavior. Cause again, my passion is psychology and yeah. understanding human behavior and so on. And I think it touches every aspect of our lives. So it was just really valuable to like have created that. But now I understand that that document, even though it was ex- as extensive as it was, it never even addressed who am I in conversation with now? Right. I had that with a client in the fall. He was looking to improve his conversion rate, super successful, six figures, but he was just having, he, he dealt with uh, massive weight loss. So he had had his own massive weight loss and some people saw what he was doing and were like, I want to be a part of that. He built his coaching program about that. And that it had gotten to a point where it kind of slowed. And he's like, I don't know what's going on with my conversions. I want to prove it. I said, okay, well tell me what's going on. So we started talking about a couple of his calls. He played some clips from some of them. And I said that exact thing. I said, you're talking to their victim self. You're talking to their self that's still stuck. And people are coming from a place of, there's a reason that they have this massive weight gain. There's a reason that they have hundreds of extra pounds on their body. It's because they have a long line of making poor decisions for themselves. And now they have an opportunity to make a decision that says yes to themselves, where they're choosing themselves and they don't know how to do it. Because everything that they've done habitually has been to not choose themselves. And now they want it, 
It's not that they don't want it. That's why they're still on the call with you. They don't know how to say yes to themselves. They don't know how to choose themselves. And when you talk to that person and you empower them and you connect them back to the vision for the transformation, the reason that they desire to have this in their life, the reason that they don't want it to cost them anymore, what it's costing them to stay stuck. When you talk to that person, you'll get them back there. And it's your job as a coach in that moment to coach them through making the decision that they want to make, not to force them to do anything, not to convince them of it, but coach them through, not in your area of expertise, coach them through knowing that person wants what you have, and you're going to empower them to say yes to themselves and make that decision. Totally. Yeah. And it might not always be with you. That's the other thing I think is interesting about coaching. And that's why you have to just be detached about, you know, if the person works with you or not. Like I remember when I was very first introduced to the coaching industry in like December of 2009, I had gone to a store that I, they have events and like women's events and it's a running store. And we went there and there was this guy, Lucas there, who's a health coach like he was doing all the right moves back in the day. And like, I ended up, you know, on a discovery call with him, which I didn't, it was my first discovery call. I didn't even know what it was because it was before I became a coach. It was like three months before I signed up for a coaching program to learn how to turn your purpose into your business. Uh And, um, I didn't invest with him and he was like, well, it's like $300 a month or something. And it's just hilarious to think about now considering how much I've invested in my personal and professional development. But I was like, horrified. <laughs> I was like, $300. Like, it's just, oh, so I had the, funny. I was triggered. Like, no, I, I was like, this woman is selling snake oil. What <laughs> is she? I must've had sucker written on my forehead. This is ridiculous. Oh, I had my drama over it. And then I paid the money anyways. Totally. Uh, I got over well, no, for me, I, I, I ended up with another coach like a month later, but she was like, oh. I don't know. She was ICF certified and she was like maybe $150 a session or something. And you know, and you probably learned from that. Cause I always say, you know, I'm glad I found my coach when I did, or I would have been cheap with myself and I would have bought a bunch of little mini dumb programs totally. and I would have spent the same amount of money on all this exactly. little stuff that I was, you know what I mean? And I would have been cheap with myself and I wouldn't, and leveling up and making that big investment was again, part of the the transformation. That's where it starts. But I like what you said about, it doesn't have to be me. And I, I mean, my people in this group know, I talk all the time on my live videos. I'm like, listen, I'm not here to sell you on me. I'm here to sell you on coaching because you all need one. Coaches need coaches. You will be a better totally. coach in your life. You'll be a better coach to your clients. And like, if you will, if you just want to stay around for my free stuff, Cool. If you can make the best of what you have to offer from getting my free stuff, cool. Show up for the free stuff. Yeah. If you're ready to take it to that next level, then let's talk and see if we'd be a good fit. But just because I might not be your good fit doesn't mean that that person isn't out there. I want you to find the person that's going to take your life to the next level. Yeah. And yourself with the person that feels right for you. If that's me, awesome. If it's not, please don't say no to yourself when you find the person that is right. That's so true. It's so true. No, I've, I've had that happen for, you know, I call it like the priming coach, right? Mm-hmm. Like it took yeah. me having the conversation with Lucas way yeah. back in 2009 to then go invest in Anne, which was my very, that was my very first exposure to coaching, yeah. you know, way back in 2009. And then in March of 2010, I went and invested in a really expensive, you know, seven month group coaching program, which taught me how to turn my life purpose into a business, which, yeah. you know, as I mentioned, sweating in North Carolina and the truck <laughs> with no air conditioning. I was like, I've been doing this my whole freaking life. <laughs> I've had the realization it's meant for me. I don't know. Once I understood the value of what I was doing with my investment and who I was becoming, so many things opened up. And I, I think, you know, earlier you told a story about this, how you thought like once you took the three month program, you got everything you needed and you were done. And I had that same, that same realization. Well, when I was younger, I remember I had that, that thought, that belief, because as silly as this sounds, I remember we got a set of encyclopedias. And I think it was like, there were 25, even though there's 26 letters, I think two of the letters were, anyways, I looked at these set of 25 books and I was convinced Rebecca, that if I just read all of those, that was all the information in the world. That was all I needed to know. And when I was a little girl, it was before Google. So we didn't have Google, but, but in my mind, I was like, this is all I need to do. I'll know everything there is to need to know in the world. And then I'll be good. And then I'm there, you know, that there that we talked about. And I think it was that same idea or that thought process that I applied to coaching. Cause I just thought it's just going to get me there and then I'll be good. 
And now I'm like, oh my God, I wouldn't be the person I am right now if I hadn't continued investing and where I've gotten to in my life and who I've become. Mm. Oh my God, I'm so much more in love with my life. And I couldn't do that totally. on my own. You know, doctors can't do surgery on themselves. Right. Like, we need, we need somebody who can be outside of the situation that we're in and help give us that feedback that we're, that, that we really need, you know, and, um, and take us to places we can't go on our own. No, it's so true. It's so true. So this is, this is all, I feel like the psychology is what fascinates me. So talking about it, like gets me all excited and I love learning more about it. You have been on probably thousands of calls. Yeah, I have. (laughs) And you narrowed it down to the top three objections are time, money, and got to go ask my husband. What would you say is the biggest mistake people make on a discovery call? as the person trying to sell their, their programs or services. Trying to be more of an expert than you are. You know, if you aren't prepared to handle an objection, you know, when I go, like I said, I've done a two hour sales workshop on just the husband objection and gone into explaining the psychology and the energetics of all of that. Mm -hmm. And I tell people flat out, don't go and try and utilize and use a script so that, that would actually be across the board, I would say the biggest mistake I see people doing is trying to follow a script or follow a protocol. And that's what my modern day sales methodology teaches people is to create your own customized approach to how you communicate with people because your psychology is different than mine. Every single person you get on a conversation with, their psychology is unique in and of to themselves. And so when you can really kind of understand psychological basics as it pertains to the sales conversation, Mm -hmm. it makes it that much more easy. And again, in my program, people are learning sales or self-mastery because I I do teach that sales mastery is Mm self-mastery that you know, once that evolution occurs, it makes it so much more easy to have a conversation, but don't try and be somewhere that you're not. Right. Like you can't just walk away from this kind of a interview presentation in Nicole's group and be like, oh, well, Rebecca said this about the husband and, you know, the person has to get to their decision first, but I don't really understand that, but I'm going to try and utilize it. To me, that's manipulation. Right. So the the biggest mistake that anyone could make is to not be authentic and to not be in service and to try and manipulate something or to utilize a technique that they may have heard on a free presentation like this and not really understand it and not have a coach to go back to and say, hey, can you listen to this and can we deconstruct this? That's something that I do in my sales mastery group is people can actually record their sales conversations and then we can take time to deconstruct it and I can say, nope, this is where you went wrong. Like I had one of my fantastic friends slash clients the other day came on, she had a launch. She told me that she made a sale. And I said, how much did the woman pay you? And she said, nothing worse. She she needs to make the money and we're going to talk. She, she wants to wait until August. And I'm like, that's not a sale. Like, let's just get basic terminology definitions. And, And you can make your definitions be what you want in your particular company. But my definition of a sale is that somebody is paid. They have signed a contract And their payment has processed and their money has landed in my account. And I don't talk about booked versus whatever. I I don't even, I can't forget what people call it. Booked versus banked. Yeah. There is no such thing. Yeah. Okay. It's either banked or it's not. Yep. That's what business is. If you are a true professional business owner, we're not having conversations and writing numbers on the wall about how many people you booked. Right. Because if they're not banked, they're not booked. Right. I couldn't stand that when I first started my sales career seven years ago in the corporate world. I felt like people would always talk. It all just felt so fluff and so showy to me. Like, I don't know. I felt like everybody was just embellishing things, embellishing their numbers. It still and like, is. Yeah. And, it, and I was like, I don't know. I would always count things that were like literal and real and banked. Amen. And I felt like my sales team people would come in and they'd be like, Oh, I've got, you know, um, 800 grand worth of verbals and I've got, and I'm like, but you just basically said you have nothing. Like I, exactly makes sense to me once it's banked, once it's actually closed in the contract. And even then sometimes like at least in the corporate world, even when the contract was signed, people would back out and like, you know, you just don't know. And I feel like to talk in real terms to me always meant a lot. What did you actually close? What is actually percent? Yeah. 
and it's rampant in the coaching industry. And listen, I've run all kinds of different programs. I've, I used to run an international coaching academy. I, you know, I know these people when they make these posts, I'm looking and I'm like, um, honey, I coach you personally. And I know this is BS. Right. Yeah. It used to make me so mad because I just feel like it's alluding to something that is manipulative. It's making people think a certain thing and that's not really the reality. And, 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 you know, and it's hard, especially when you're a beginner. Like I I coach a lot of beginners who've never had a client before, never coached anybody before. And I do feel like, you know, we all do, Gina says this a lot and I'm I'm sure you do. and, And a lot of coaches do like, don't compare your beginning to my expert level or to my master or to my My chapter one to their chapter 20. Yeah. And I feel like it's just, it's hard when you're new because you see so much going on and you want to be in it in the way that you, that you set out to be when you first became a coach. Um, But you got to give yourself some grace and you got it. Like I said, the shitty first draft is really important. Just be willing to to flop and fail a little bit, but also know that, um, you know, what you see is not always reality. And I think that's hard for people. True. You know, what's, what's going on there. Oh, this was so, so helpful. Thank you for having me. It's been so fun. Yeah, I, I've loved it. And I feel like there's a million things that um, you shared with us that were just so powerful. And, and just from your experience, like you said, in your own business with these multiple million dollar businesses selling behind the scenes and being a part of, of what this structure looks like to be in, in, you know, something like that. It's just what you've shared with us was really, really powerful because the psychology is something you've gathered over thousands of calls that you've done. <laughs> Very true. It has been. And the good news is, is that if someone's watching the replay, I am in this group. So I will certainly be coming back to answer any questions that anyone might have. You know, even if somebody decides to go back and watch the replay or they think of a question tomorrow or next week or next month, feel free to tag me. I'm happy to come back in and answer any questions. Awesome. Thank you again so much. This was amazing. And um, I really appreciate your time and appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'll be seeing you again soon. Yes. Yay. I can't wait. All right. Have a good rest of your night. You too, sweetie. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.